Caroline's mountain range is home to much more than just wildlife. Welcome to another Dragonlance Saga episode. My name is Adam, and today we are going to talk about Thorbarden and the Caroline's Mountain Range in the War of the Lance era. I'd like to take a moment and thank the members of this channel and invite you to consider becoming a member by visiting the link in the description below. You can even pick up Dragonlance Gaming materials using my affiliate links. I am referencing the Tales of the Lance box set and the War of the Lance source book for this information. If I leave anything out or misspeak, please leave a comment below. Southern Ancelon is home to some truly amazing sights, but none are as naturally wondrous as the Caroline's Mountain Range. This range spans from Abanasinia in the north to a mere 20 miles from Ice Mountain Bay in the south. Within this 170 miles rest the ancient dwarven kingdom of Thorbarden, Skullcap, Pax Tharkaz, Quelinost, and Salas. I will cover the kingdom of Quelinosti and the region of Abanasinia in separate episodes. The region has a vast array of weather patterns, as is common among mountain ranges. In the north, near Banasinia, the mountains remain cool most of the year, but they do enjoy every season. South, near Thorvarden, the climate is much drier and colder. Hot summers are short, only lasting from Corrige to Reorksmont, and winters extend from Phoenix to Chiselmont. It enjoys more snow than rain, with its flora sustaining from the wild runoff in the spring. The southern tip of the Caroline's Mountains are the same near-Arctic conditions of the Plains of Dust. There is an estimated population of 112,000 residents in Thorbarden. While ruled by the Hylar, 22% of its population is actually Nidar, with Hylar at 18%, Thiwar at 16%, Dewar at 13%, and the remainder percentage broken up between the Dergar, Klar, Agar, and others. It's ruled by a council of thanes. While the gates have remained closed since the Dwarfgate Wars, the War of the Lance will see them opened and Thorbarden will build an alliance with Salamnia and is settling a similar treaty with the Quilinesti. In the wake of the War of the Lance, Thorbarden plans to restore Pax Tharkaz and continue adding cities and mines to its underground kingdom. It is a kingdom that eventually opens to adventurers and will be a land of opportunity for those of goodwill and stout heart. Thorbarden willingly trades with Tarsus and Quilinesti, Pax Tharkaz has maintained its mines to help pay for its own repairs. Thorbarden itself is one of the few wonders of the world residing beneath the Cloudseeker Mountains. These three massive peaks spread over 50 miles, with each summit towering over 12,000 feet above sea level. Sky's End Peak in the north is another 3,000 feet above that. The kingdom of Thorbarden spans 22 miles underneath the Caroline's mountain range from north to south and 14 miles from east to west. Within that territory, there are seven major cities, three farming warrens, two governmental areas, and its own burial area. Connecting the cities are cableways running along the tunnel roads. There is little talk about the engineering marvels that Thorbarden has developed from their railways and pulley systems to its aqueducts and more. At Thorbarden's heart is the Urkan Sea, which spans five miles on each side. At the center of the underground sea is a massive stalactite with a width of one-fourth a mile and half a mile in height. It is known as the Life Tree of the Hylar. They have carved a 28-level citadel within the stalactite. 
Major settlements in Thorbarden include Highbarden. It's the largest city with just over 20,000 residents. It's cleaved from the living rock resting in the life tree, using quartz to catch and reflect light from sun tunnels. It remains expertly lit up and water flows freely on every level. Its gardens are featured everywhere and it's truly a sight to behold. New Daybarden has over 15,000 residents. This large city lines the Urkan Sea. It features the most sun tunnels of all of Thorbarden and features the largest army in the kingdom. However, the Daywar have refused to leave their great city since the Dwarfgate War. Thebarden is the next largest city with just under 14,000 residents. It also lines the Urkan Sea but nestles behind a great rock wall. It is a suspicious and isolated city in the kingdom, where everyone minds their own business and its levels are broken up by class. Darebarden has just under 12,000 residents. The central feature is the Arena of Honor, where each new thane wins their post through battle in its upper level. The three levels are broken down by class as well. Clarbarden has over 8,000 residents. It is a stark contrast to the organized construction of the rest of the kingdom, and its residents are belligerent and chaotic. Combat training, bartering for food, and playing with quicksilver lining its walls seems to take the bulk of the day for its populace. Agarbarden has just over 7,000 residents. It is a happy community of gully dwarves who live in the remnants of the construction of the other cities. It is a chaotic maze of twisting tunnels and passageways through rubble. Thiwarin has over 5,000 residents and is the remnants of the split of the Thiwar clan. Other than its palace, it's a massive slum filled with outcasts, dissenters, and the homeless. Dareforge has over 3,000 residents and is two miles from Darebarden. It is the primary worksite of the Daregar. Constant hammering with black smoke filling the air makes this a less than enjoyable and healthy location to visit. Lastly, Hillholm is a village of over 500 and is the quintessential example of a Nidar village. Its homes are a mix of stone and wood, and its agricultural lifestyle is interrupted only by the occasional goblin raids as it stands on the surface of the mountain range. Between the dwarven kingdom of Thorbarden and the ancient monument to peace, Pax Tharkaz, lies the ruins of Skullcap. This was once a great tower of sorcery, but it was destroyed by the black-robed mage Fistadanalus just after the cataclysm in the Dwarfgate Wars. He released a magical barrage of energy that melted the stone into the shape of the skull that resides there till today. It's believed to still hold treasure, though only the bravest or most foolish explore its depths. Pax Tharkas is a mighty fortress in the Tharkadan Mountains. It was built to celebrate the peace between the Quilinacy Elves, Dwarves of Thorbarden, and humans of Ergoth in the Age of Dreams. Prior to the Cataclysm, it was manned by both elves and dwarves, but the elves retreated to their forest after the Cataclysm. Verminard, the Red Dragon Highlord, has captured it in the War of the Lands, using it for its iron mines below the surface. It is liberated by heroes before the war's end. Its two towers flank the east and west, joined by the Great Wall. Inside the west tower is a kitchen and mess hall, as well as storage and armory. The upper level serves as living quarters. The east tower houses Verminard's chambers, the female and child prisoners, and the two dragons' lairs. Its cellar is home to gully dwarves. And that is all I have to say about Thorbarden and the Carolized Mountain Range in the War of the Lands era. Would you be able to live happily underground in Thorbarden? Have you ever explored Skullcap in a game? And finally, what is the best way to infiltrate Pax Tharkas? Leave a comment below. 
I'd like to take a moment and remind you to subscribe to this YouTube channel, ring the bell to get notified about upcoming videos, and click the like button. This all goes to help other Dragonlance fans learn about this channel and its content. Thank you for watching. This has been Adam with Dragonlance Saga, and until next time, remember, I swear by Paladin, and by Gillian, and, and by the Dark Queen, and, and by all the gods in the heavens, that if I ever in my life see you even looking in my direction, dwarf, I will turn my head and walk, no, run the opposite way.